Welcome everyone to episode 17 of Cry Havoc. This week's episode is with EJ Mack, somebody who just recently started doing comedy and it's um, been doing fucking phenomenal at it. And even so much so that he was also in the same contest that I was in last Thursday. Something else we have in common, both lost. That's right. Neither one of us won, but congratulations to Skylar Andrews for third place. And um, I hope everybody enjoys this episode. I will be back at Joe's Underground on Thursday, and I uh, hope to see you there. Now imagine you are tripping absolute dick on mushrooms. I guess I need to pick it up with my own butthole. It feels like a magic trick because some people happen. Why are you asking such deep questions? Go ahead and get right into this thing. Why the fuck not, right? Why the fuck not? <laughs> so, one thing I ask people that come on here, especially like comedians, it's like, when did you start? But like, I know exactly when you started. Like, <laughs> how, like two months ago? Maybe. Uh, Pretty recent. End of May. End of May. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, very recent. Very weird time to decide to get into comedy. What, like, what brought it on? Um, I've always been funny. No, no. I've just always been funny. And, uh, people thought I was funny, so. Yeah. Might as well make a whole bunch of people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> So you just like you've been like conversationally funny, yeah, hell yeah, busting people up hell for yeah. a long time, and then finally decided. And where you said you tried it first in Atlanta, right? Or no, I tried it first time. Hmm. I tried it. Busting up a different guy at uh, Icons. Okay, hell yeah. And they uh, they liked it, and I actually have not been there yet. I don't know even really like where it is how is that place like it's uh it's tough it's tough yeah <laughs> it, it's tough i mean a lot of it pretty much anywhere in augusta is pretty tough joe's is like it's only gets like tough tough when you've like just been doing it joe's the same every week you know and it's usually like the same people but like i think you and your at least your style of comedy you're very good at, uh, like, just ranting and riffing already and just, like, going through a story or going through whatever shit that you're talking about. And it, a lot of your stuff at least seems like it's on the spot. Do you, like, how how much do you plot out beforehand? Uh, 
probably none. I did like write yeah. down the title and yeah. just go with it. That's what I that's what I thought was going yeah. on. And like that is I'm not good at that. <laughs> I have to like write down exact specific words or like um I don't write like the entire thing down. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I do do pretty well when I mean not a lot of times, but there have been occasions when I just go up there with one single like category of topic like there was one time I went up there just talking about how I hate talking on the phone because fuck that shit and on top of that like facetiming with people people facetime you randomly now but um I had people come up to me and tell me that was like my best set I ever did like literally yeah went up there with one thought and that was I hate talking on the phone and uh so yeah it's definitely something that I like, when I first saw you doing comedy, and I was like, how long has motherfucker been doing this? <laughs> like, holy shit. Just fun, man. I heard, I was, I think I had made a joke, and uh, I was sitting around some people, and I uh, I had told them the joke, and then, like, a couple days later, we were watching this Kevin Hart yeah. uh, stand up, and he said the same joke that I said. Yeah. And I had never watched it before. Right. So I was like, well, I feel good comedian now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That yeah. Easy. There are some times, and it, like, especially so with, like, really successful comics, where you'd be, like, watching their special or something, and you're like, I got funnier shit than that. Right. right. Like, and that was the initial, like, for me, it was seeing somebody doing it live doing an open mic and just totally bombing. And I was like, I I could do that. Right. Like, I could handle that. Right. And I was like, let me, let me give this a shot. Um, yeah. And I wanted to get you on the podcast because, like, it's like a, uh, like, as early as possible catching a rising star like I just want to have it like within the first year <laughs> of you and then like you're gonna be like blowing up later on and like I'm trying I'm really trying <clears throat> um I mean you've already been in the soul bar show here which is phenomenal like that show is to awesome get, yeah to yeah. get that recognition right off the rip too is is hmm. good I like it, man. Anywhere I can go and grab a microphone. Right. Yeah. Have you tried uh, Highlander yet? That's how you get humble. <laughs> yeah, Highlander. Humble as kind of a gauntlet. Name. It's uh, even, I would say, infamous on this podcast because I've mentioned it so many times and mm-hmm. talked trash about it. But <laughs> it's just a very odd open mic. It's this little bar in North Augusta right across the bridge. And like... They love the, the people they there. Love the comedians. Love them. Like the who's there. they? Like the the bartender, the dude that runs it, the yeah, whole the band. Staff. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone there is like fuck yeah, comedians. Staff wise, but the fucking audience they bring in, you wouldn't even imagine that the staff alone would bring in. Well, that, that type of it's a Wednesday too. night. Yeah. So it's like all people that have like. I don't know, they're, like, just got off work and have work the next day or something, or, like, uh, what 
wasn't there's was some way that Skylar had described it at one point that was just spot on. But anyway, the um, the crowd there will like continue to heckle you even once you're off of the stage. Like just in regular conversation, they'll continue to like talk shit about your comedy set to your face. To your face, and like, they weren't even listening to, to it. Yeah, there was one time we were there and. Uh, Skylar had already gone up on stage, and we were all hanging out outside smoking. And then this dude pulls up, gets out of his car, remembers having seen Skylar before, and starts doing a shitty impression, making fun of him. Hmm. Like, hadn't even seen him perform that night, but had seen him previous weeks, and was, like, just talking shit. And I was like, holy fuck, man. Hmm. Like, I need to go to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I need to go light there. their ass on fire, man. Yeah. I gotta see it, too, so mm-hmm. let me know when you go. <laughs> I gotta find out when they're doing it. What are they it's doing? Wednesday night. Every week? Yeah. Every week, yep. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going Wednesday, dude. Yeah. The dude that runs it's dope as shit. He's yeah, cool as oh, yeah, he's cool as hell. He's in love with Andrew. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had been there, like, two times, and the, like, third time that I went there, he introduced me as the man, the legend, and I was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> The legend. That's why when you introduced me Wednesday, I didn't know who you were talking about. I, yeah. I was sitting down clapping and waiting on somebody yeah. to walk on stage. <laughs> I told you, man. You're one of my favorite new comedians. Like, and Joe's hard. To me, Joe's kind of... Joe's can get hard at a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Depends like I'm saying... It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's all it ever depends on. But uh, I'm going to start... I'm working on starting to advertise more for it so we're trying to get more people out there trying to get more people like anybody that's ever thought about performing i try to i want to try and figure out how to get on the poster like the fact that like you just need to try something just try try anything do you think you have any talent whatsoever like just try it on this stage it's comedy it's poetry it's whatever you want to do if you think you've got something like it's basically Augusta's got talent, but, like, there's no judgment. <laughs> there's right. literally no judges. Right. And that's what I've always thought when I go on stage, like, the the bombing and judgmental part. Mm-hmm. So I just go out yeah. there and think of the funniest shit I could do. Yeah. <laughs> like, once I got that microphone off the microphone stand, you know, I just felt better then. Oh, yeah. 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 Even if you are bombing, like, yeah, bombing sucks ass, but, like, you're still up there on the stage with a microphone. I don't know. It really depends, because now I'm thinking of times when I was at Highlander, and I was, like, definitely bombing. And then, like, people start calling you out in the fucking crowd, and they're, like, talking about how much you suck, and I was like, why don't you get up here and show me your five minutes? Right. And, like... I don't know. It it did feel like shit. But, you know, having the microphone. It's a, it's a weird thing. The being on stage thing. Role. Yeah. You're in a role at that point. Yep, you got, you got the whole room to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you fuck up, they're going to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I never, I mean, I, I pray I never bomb, but I haven't bombed, so. Yeah. Like, and I've never been heckled. I was like that for a little while, too, when I first started. I oh, came out swinging, <laughs> mm-hmm. just like you have. And, like, then it, like, it, 
I don't know, it hits a wall at a certain, you get to certain mm-hmm. plateaus of like. You either can't write or, you know, you're, you're not remembering it or like, you know, there's something. There's always something oh, yeah, that's that wall for you. Yeah, you're definitely right by that. For me, there's a weird like Goldilocks zone of uh, confidence. Like you don't want to be, I don't want to, if I get too overconfident, people can tell while I'm on stage and they like stop laughing because they just think I'm a cocky asshole. And then if I'm too underconfident, I don't know. I don't think I actually have experienced too much underconfidence. I feel like underestimating myself is the way to go. Hmm. I think. Yeah. Every time I've thought like most of the time if I do bomb, my next set is incredible cuz it's like that humble shit again. Yeah, I don't want to do that shit again. Yeah. I just, uh, I just love being up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun as shit. And there's nothing else that I want to do with my life anymore. Nope. I definitely want to work. I, if I could just travel and yeah. Make money enough, pay bills, and just do that. Yeah. That'd be it. Which, like, That's is literally yeah. the go- job description of a comedian. It's like traveling around, making people laugh, and getting money for it. That's. Yeah. And I was like, I need to do that with my life. Yeah. Like. Ain't nothing else. Like, it, the longer you're going to be up there is an hour at most. At most? And, yeah. Yeah. And then if you're up there for an hour, that means you're doing well and yeah. people are paying lots of money to go see you. Right. So, like... All right, that, that 5, 15 minutes, I mean, that's cool, but, I mean, having a big crowd and that's why I like that art yeah. place because they, they're right. packing a lot of people. Yeah, and you get... The whole crowd is dedicated to the stage. Yeah. Like, there's a bar on the other side, but everybody that's in front of you is... Pointed watching towards you, you watching yeah. you, paying attention, um, which they is want always, it too. Yeah. yeah, they want it. Right. Yeah. And that feeling alone is like, hell yeah. yeah. That's why um, the Fox's Lair is a really cool venue to when they have their comedy shows on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Those shows are like amazing to perform at because like it's people that showed up. Because you're not going to Fox's Lair unless you know what's going on at Fox's Lair. It's, like, way out the way. And it's super fucking tiny. Yeah. And you're usually there for a reason. Yeah. And, um, so comedy nights, like, those crowds are some of the most fun that I've been able to perform for. Hmm. Because they're there to watch comedy. Which is, duh, of course that's the best crowd is people that want to see you, but... I, uh, when I was in Austin, we got to see, um, it was called The Secret Show or whatever. They had a bunch of, like, really big comedians from all over the United States. And then also locals from Austin and different, you know, like, lower-level comedians. They were all doing 15 minutes. It was, like, eight comedians for 15 minutes apiece. So it was, like, no, it was, it was, like, four hours long. So... Whatever that divided by 15 is. Long. But anyway, um, and I got to see some of the people that I was, like, doing open mics with the day before go up and do their actual 15 for an actual crowd that spent, like, you know, like 30 bucks a ticket to be there. And, like, the difference, the clear contrast between 
open mic audience and big boy audience was like insane. Mm -hmm. People were laughing at shit that was like a just a pause. If you pause, they were gonna right laugh. Time. <laughs> like <laughs> that's why I needed it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like I would love to like get up there and try some shit out, and yeah, yeah. Cause like I've even experienced that myself, where like you know you do it the same joke to two different crowds, and one of them is like nothing, and then <clears throat> the other crowd is just fucking dying. That's why when y'all did Soul Bar, man, like I wanted. I wanted to get on that stage so bad that night. Yeah. Because y'all was killing that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was a good one. That was a real good crowd. Yeah, it was. That was on the Lord. I wanted to get on that stage so bad that night. I didn't know. I thought cause I thought that was open mic. No. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that, that was, show. Yeah. But yeah, that was... Y'all did, y'all did good up there, man. Yeah, if we could get... Like, Joe's used to be, like... The Mecca. Popping. Yeah. Like, every Thursday night. They had two nights a week for open mics. There was a Tuesday night open mic and a Thursday night open mic. Hmm. And the the way that Thursdays are now is pretty much equivalent to the way Tuesdays used to be. And then Thursdays used to be, like, 50, 60 people in there mm -hmm. on a given night. And, like, the place is packed with performers and audience and everybody's just you know, having a great time, and there's musicians going up. We had so many rappers, which, like, like we'll yeah, get rappers your, come in every once in a while, but they music don't... Music crowd in there. Yeah, they haven't been uh, coming back recently. Mm -hmm. I think they all shifted to Fox's later, because they typically, let, like, music people do way longer. Way longer. I don't think Fox's Lair is going to let them plug in their phone to do a rap, though. No. I didn't realize how the crowd was so different. Uh, I went to Joe's last night. That's yeah. a whole different type of crowd. That yeah. Uh, for karaoke? Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different yeah. kind of crowd. Right. Um, well, they actually promote that themselves. They promote the karaoke night, like, on their Facebook page and stuff. They don't, don't do that for the open mic. But uh, <laughs> the... Um, like I said, I'm gonna start trying to promote it myself. Get some, get some people back in there. Not too cause like I was telling, I was telling uh, the other people like we never know who's watching. Yeah. You go on stage, mm -hmm. so you know when you go up there, you want to go up there and let it hang all out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I let it hang all out. Like I had, like I do a little shit at my house, and uh, I was sitting down, and I had the microphone, the microphone stand, and I was trying to do a set and uh i had a few i had a couple laughs and this girl she got on and she took it off and she not even a comedian but she she was just moving around and jumping up and down and she was i was like yeah she came to my house and showed me up and that was like that was, that was the last yeah that was the last time i ever let the microphone be on the stand yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And you got to get that stand out the yeah. way. Mm -hmm. You're like, I end up fidgeting with it or, you know, like messing with it or something. Or like, I've seen too many people like trip over it. I'm like, no, this thing goes all the way over here. 
all I need is the microphone, like, let's, you know, and I've seen people do, like, really physical bits where you have to, like, put the microphone in the stand and, like, act something out, but, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know, man. I can't do it. I, uh, I get up there, that'd be the, like you said, that'd be the first thing I move out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, there's something to be said for, uh, like, using it in unexpected ways. Like, I've seen people, like, you know, like, throw it around or, like, fuck with stuff. And, man, I saw somebody recently, they were, like, bombing. It was in Austin, I think. But they were, like, bombing, and they got really, like, actually pissed off and, like, kick the fucking stool across the stage like hardcore and I was like holy shit dude like you didn't lose him then you lost him that's a little yeah, yeah right uh, yeah you're not getting anybody yeah. on your side anymore no like unless you play off that that's hard so, yeah and that's just even more difficult yeah that, that's very hard you be surprised how much like a silly noise could probably save you in that situation Ah, yep. Like and then people are like, "What? Okay." Yeah, you got You just gotta find it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. at that point you have built up like, and that's kind of how like jokes and shit work anyway. It's like you're building up this tension of like uncomfortableness, and then you find something to release that tension at the very end of the joke, and that's when people laugh. It's like building up pressure in a tank, and then poking a hole in it. But some people they they think they're bombing when they're building building it up, right? And then they just quit, and right? They try to go to something else instead yeah. of just finishing that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You got to finish it. Yeah, and um, I used to uh, give Rhonda shit all the time because, like, back when <clears throat> back when we had a shit ton of people, I was. Um, they do the light, you know? Like, you got five minutes, they do the light at, like, four minutes, and then you gotta wrap up and get off stage. And I noticed every single time, as soon as Rhonda got the light, her brain collapsed. It just completely short-circuited, and she couldn't finish whatever it was she was working on, or whatever joke she was telling. Like, it would be, like, right before the punchline, and then she gets the light, and blank. And I was like, you gotta stop worrying about the light. Yeah. Um, or don't acknowledge the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, like, at this point now, I've realized, like, I mean, you can't, you just can't worry about it. Like, finish your joke. And, you know, if you're really close to finishing your joke, get another, one more really quick one in. But other than that, like, you're not going to be able to tell time where you are. That's one of the fucking it's the, crazy things about it, too, yeah. is time. Hard that what, that's what fucked me up at art. And I, I felt like one of my jokes was too long, and I should have did it since I only had five minutes. But it just felt like when I got on stage and I started, it felt like only like two minutes had went by. Right. And I saw the light. I was like, damn. Right. I yeah. Time stretches out when you're watching somebody else do five minutes and then it snaps back in like a rubber band when you're doing your five minutes and it's like, it feels like 30 seconds. Yeah. So now I've been working on like, just like real quick five minute sets. Yeah. Quick little bits. Yeah. That's, 
I don't, I where do. it's at sometimes. Cause I don't mind the light, but I don't. If I can avoid it, then. Yeah. I like the long format. I've got a lot of stuff that, like, these jokes take a while. But, like, another thing I've done recently, too, is figured out, and it's also because of Art Bar, um, is, like, figure out, like, where's the little bits of funny in this, and how can I take, like, a chunk of this joke and a chunk of this joke and, like, start mashing it together and make, like, a Frankenstein five minutes out of these bigger bits. And... It's doing pretty well, and it helps me, like, realize what the, each individual beat is in each of these jokes to, that's actually worthwhile, and which ones are not, which ones screw everything up and just make everything take longer and are too wordy or whatever. Right. That's, I'm, that's how I felt. I had, uh, because I had did it at Joe's, I did a, a micro, I did a microwave joke, and it was funny there because I didn't have a time limit. Right. But I was trying to. I tried to do like eight jokes in five minutes. Right. And I felt like I was talking real fast and I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, let me just get off the stage because I'm taking too long now. Yeah. See, and that's one thing I really do like about like a hosting Joe's and like just, you know, the way that Joe's is now, even though it's, you know, me hosting. So I'm a little biased, but the way the host handles the open mic at Joe's is just, <laughs> oh my God, when that dude got uh, on <laughs> When that dude got on stage with you, I was, because he was, holy he came shit. back there to me first. Yeah. And he was talking, and, and he thought I was security. Yeah? <laughs> and, uh, what? Because yeah, I had, when he was, he, when, R- when Rondo went on stage, he was loud, and I stood up in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you must be security. And I was like, I might be. And uh, so he tried to, like, offer me money, and I was like, I don't want you, buddy. And then... I think you got back over there, and that's when he walked up there. Yeah. I was like, I'd hit that dude. I'd hit him. He came up there and tried to grab that microphone, I'd hit him. Bro. See, and that's the thing, though, is, like, not only am I the one on stage with the microphone, like, it's that same thing we were just talking about, like, I'm in charge of the room here, and then on top of that, I'm hosting the open mic. I am literally in charge of the room and the microphone right now. So it just gave me that extra, like, little bit of confidence to be like, oh, you really want to try this? And just, and like, I know, I mean, I don't know, maybe he would stab me or shoot me or something. There's like, there, there are things to be worried about with like trying, actively trying to piss someone off, but still it's just like. It, it would it would be worth it if I was able to be funny while he was killing me. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, um, man, I, I couldn't I couldn't did it. You, yeah. you way way stronger than me because I'd hit him. <laughs> I would have hit like, him, you bro. You gotta hit him with the them fucking thing. jokes. Yeah, That's the, thing. the fact he gave you ammo as soon as the word foot came or boot came off his off oh, his yeah, lips, I was like, was. oh my god, here we go, here we go. He was like, "You don't know how to knock that. You don't know how to knock them boots off or whatever." Yeah. I was like, "Bro, I have a foot fetish. Right. Knocking the boots off is the first thing I do." And that's where I think that kind of give the crowd like I don't know why people like seeing people get heckled, but if the comedian can, oh yeah, like yeah, kick yeah, him in the ass, like, come back. They want to yeah. see that. Yeah, they want to see that. They yeah. want to see that. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm working on getting better at. Uh, One of the things that I've found that helps is uh, 
listening to um, podcasts with comedians that are really good at that kind of on-the-spot retorts or comebacks and stuff like that. Or uh, Tim Dillon is a really fun one to listen to because he is so outrageously mean. Yes. <laughs> like, he's oh just so God. far on one end, and he'll just, like, talk about how, like, you are a piece of shit and your mom has cancer or something, and, like, just the most outrageous stuff that I'm not doing any justice for, but, um, I'll be listening to a bunch of that stuff and trying to get, trying to get these quick things in my head. But and that's how, I think that's how I wanted to be a comedian, because that's the only kind of friends I have, is we go back and forth with each other. Yeah. Like, and, like, they always, like, I would say something, and then how we were ended, they were like recognized and like, man, that was pretty good. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm done. So, I mean, it go back and forth a lot. I mean, that's how I end. That's good when you can recognize too. Like, oh shit, that was a good one, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like doing that, I think, like I, I think I could, I could handle being heckled until like, if I was heckling somebody back and they could walk on stage, all bits off. Then you walk on stage. Yeah. You yeah. advise it. Well, see, and that's that's a thing too. Like, you're just gonna step up on stage because anybody who is willing to do that, like, who is taking heckling that far, like, that's the point when, like, if the bar did have security, they, security yeah, would yeah. step in. Like, that's when you're like, oh shit, this guy is fucking serious. Yeah. There was a dude at fucking Soul Bar at one of the Soul Bar shows one time. I was. Um, Hosting the open mic. This is back when Soul Bar was on Thursdays. So, um, <clears throat> this dude showed up and was super duper drunk the entire time, was talking during people's sets and shit, was like, would, went out back, was talking to the comedians, and was like, not shutting up and just being a general nuisance. And then, um, the headliner is going up. Dude's from out of town, like, Came so far to be here just to perform. He's like two minutes into his set. And the guy gets up there or like goes up to the stage and tries to ask him for the microphone. And the dude's like, no, I'm in the middle of my set. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is my stage time. And the guy was like, just kept on about it and kept getting aggressiver and more aggressive. And then, uh the security people started taking him out of the bar and as he's being dragged out of the bar starts screaming about how he's a white supremacist and then like five other dudes got up and started walking out towards him outside and uh the dude who was on stage just put the mic down and walked off Skyler was the host and was like, are you, you know, did you want to finish up? He was like, no, man, I'm done. So Skyler got up there and he was like, all right, well, we're going to see what happens outside here first before continuing on with the show. And oh my God. Just. They were on that dude. Everyone said everyone was up on the fucking windows. Like if you didn't want to be a part of it, they were on those windows. Damn. Skyler's a good comedian. I like, oh, yeah. I like Skyler. Yeah. He's a real good one. Phenomenal. He he got a good flow in. He got a, a good voice. Fantastic mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. And he's got a... 
like, <clears throat> god damn, not only, like, just his, like, physical, the way his voice sounds, but, like, his voice, like, his personality on stage, like, his way of doing comedy is, I would say, like, it's unique, it's something I, like, it's the same thing. I was going to say something I haven't seen before, but that's the same thing as unique. But it's really, it's a good... It's a good combo. Combo, yeah. Because he's got that whole, like, church pastor vibe, yeah. but he's saying all this nasty shit. So instantaneously, he's got that light and darkness balance just right off the rip. I hate, I hate. Anytime I go after him, <laughs> I hate it. I do this you and him and and uh, yeah, one other person. Talking about fault and uh, sometimes Foster. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Foster's pretty damn good. Going after y'all, man. I be hating that shit. <laughs> I hate it. That's why I try to. I, that's why I'm so glad. Somebody didn't fill in number three. Yeah. Thursday. Uh, usually Rhonda takes number three. I'm glad they had a spot open for it. Cause if I had to go on last Thursday, I'd have, I'd have been mad. Last Thursday was damn good. Yeah. Last Thursday, it was everybody was on point. Yeah. Everybody was hitting. I feel like we were just trying shit out Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Which everyone, is the most fun. Shopping. Yeah. yeah. The most fun way to do it. That's how, We had almost... I'd say almost the main core group of comedians coming out and doing workshop and during COVID, like when Joe's wasn't like yeah, we went to the um, amphitheater up in North Augusta, so it was outdoor and all that shit, mm -hmm. and had uh, Skylar I think had a tiny little PA system hmm. with a it was like a portable speaker and a microphone and that's all it was and um, we would go down there and just try shit out for the first few weeks of it we didn't even have that microphone we were just mm -hmm. going out there doing it and then it was you know maybe six or seven of us just all telling jokes to each other and then we did one uh that was like a rapid fire round where we did one minute sets and everybody would like we went around rotated everybody like three or four mm -hmm. times doing one-liners um that'd be fun yeah. yeah, it was that so was much fun. fun. Those were those were some of my I've got favorite some ideas, man, for the open mic on Thursdays. I want to try and do like if it gets big enough to where you know we got we a bunch of people coming stuff. out to perform yeah. all the time. I want to do like a soundboard night, maybe, where like I get to fuck with you with the soundboard while you're doing your set. Like, which oh, yeah, yeah, like, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. or like. Yeah. Bruh. Yeah. Or just fart noises or, you know. That'd be funny. It, dude, funny. it really is. I did it with Rhonda, I think it was two weeks ago, week before last, whatever it was. It, it worked out pretty well. Chris, the bartender, he didn't know what was going on. He thought somebody else was messing with her over the oh, speaker. Shit. I was like, oh, no, no, it's me. Like, we talked about it beforehand. <laughs> um, But I saw somebody do that in Austin for just this one dude's set. And I was like, that is fucking brilliant. I was like dying. I couldn't fucking breathe. It was so funny when uh, the guy in Austin was doing it. 
It was for a long ass time. It, was like, a it long must time. have been at least yeah. 15 minutes. Like, the dude had talked to the host of the open mic and told him. He was like one of the last guys. He said, too, if so. you, the host said, if you go up last, I can give you some extra time or whatever. Like, you can just go for whatever. It was a late night open mic. It was the last thing the bar was doing. The, so uh, it was at like 3 a.m. duck night. <laughs> yeah. So it was at like 3 a.m. And this dude gets on stage and they're just. Like, he's constantly hitting buttons on this soundboard. And the guy's style of comedy was very, like, he just kind of sounded depressed a little bit and slower. He was like an old degenerate Frankie Muniz. <laughs> a lot of pauses. And then those pauses get filled with, like, fart noises and all sorts of oh, stuff. Shit. And then it's like... Off stage, man. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, my God. It was... I was dying. And, like, his jokes were solid, too. So it was, like... Matched up perfect. It... Some of the... And it's those kind of jokes that, like, they take a second to get. So in the meantime, you hear that fart noise, and you're just, like... Your body instantly, like, kind of giggles. And then you get the joke, and it just piles on top of that. And just... Oh, my gosh. That's jokes I love. I love... I love, like, thinking jokes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. goes a lot of people Slow here. burns. I love it. The, I used to, I'm getting a little better at it now, but I used to have a lot of trouble, like, letting people have time to get the joke, mm -hmm. like, pausing for long enough, or the right amount of time, but, fuck all that. I've got some now, especially, that, like, there was one I told, I think it was last week, that it was, like, a solid like a second. four or five seconds of, like... People like sitting tell. there, thinking about it in their head. Oh shit! And then they start laughing, and I was like, I "Think I literally watched somebody doing that exact thing, like just looking up, like squinting a little bit." He said, he said "Oh, oh. <laughs> I love them. Love that shit. I love them. That's why I be. I watch. Uh, uh." Richard Pryor. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, when he was on uh, Long Beach. I watched that every Thursday. Fuck him, Joe's. Yeah. That's fuck my yeah. good luck charm. Yeah. Nice. So is he your favorite? Favorite. Yeah. Him, Dave Chappelle, and uh, Bernie Mac. Hell hey, yeah. Bernie Mac. Yeah. That's the fucking... Yeah. The fucking Mount Rushmore of comedy, basically. Yeah. 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 Fucking Carlin, bro Carlin on there. Have you ever watched George Carlin? No. Old dude. I mean, obviously he wasn't old his entire career, but he was mainly he was like his funniest when he was. I've heard that name before. Um, he had the seven words you can't say on television was his thing, which is like totally different now. But um, he's got some phenomenal bits, and they are they're those like thinking like cerebral bits that sometimes take a minute but a lot of times you know he'll also like throw in a poop joke cause poop. like that's comedy. that's comedy. <laughs> comedy shit's funny <laughs> literally and I've, I've, I've realized that I haven't cause my whole life I've been like like nasty and I've yeah. and I have yet I have yet to feel like I've been nasty on stage so that's the only thing like 
<laughs> like I'm working on now, like being nasty on stage. Like some people think I say it's nasty now, and I was like, no, that's not nasty. That's not. Yeah, yeah that's no. not even. <clears throat> you know, and as much as you might not think it, I try very hard to not be as nasty on stage. It's just like that's where my fucking brain goes, dog. I <laughs> yeah, it goes there. It really does. But it's like today's company, man. It's it's just hard to. Like, you watch some of the stuff people said in, like, back in the day, and you can't say none of that shit, man. Yeah. You get canceled quick. Yeah. You get canceled quick. And I like I like recording mine and posting it. I don't want to say something and people are like, oh, man, you can't say that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> I am, I don't know. Like, I, I talk how I talk, and I'm not going to, like, I know I'm not an asshole. So, like, I don't say, I don't know, like, it's not that I, like, I obviously avoid saying things that I don't mean that are offensive. I don't, this is a weird thing to try and say out loud, isn't it? Hmm. Um, like, I don't censor myself because, but I do censor myself. Like, I don't know. Like, there is certain shit I'm just never gonna fucking say. Right. But, like, it's not... It's not because other people... No, it kind of... See, language is based off of what other people think. It (laughs) It really is. It's literally... We agreed that certain mouth sounds mean certain things. And I respect the meaning of words. And if words' meaning changes then I also respect that shit because like a lot of words have not meant the same thing throughout entirety of history. Right. Like. Yep. I know. I know exactly what you're going to say. So yeah. Like a bundle of sticks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When I found that out in Boy Scouts and like, because when I was like 12 or 13, like Boy Scouts and everybody is calling each other, you know, a bundle of sticks just to get around hmm. and they're like I know what you're saying and all the um, I got in trouble for saying shit that was the first time I ever cursed and I got in trouble for it it's fucking bullshit we were at summer camp mm-hmm. and um, somebody described uh, biscuits and gravy as shit on a shingle and I was like ha that sounds really fun to say. So I said shit on a shingle. And instantaneously, one of the scoutmasters was like, right on my ass and just not, you know, that phrasing was not the best. <laughs> In Boy Scouts. Yeah, well, put a repressed You don't want to say the I words, my scoutmaster was right on my ass, unless you're making an accusation, I don't think. You definitely get in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I'm not. I have said this before. If I did get raped when I was a child, I don't remember it. And I want to keep it that way. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. But that's how I, like, 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 I, like, I got so much, I cursed so much in school till they stopped writing me up for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they'll, they'll tell me that I'm saying something. I'd be like, oh, shit, my bad. And Yeah, and, right. And, and oh, just, fuck. Yeah, yeah it just keep going. They just stopped writing me up for it. 
But I don't curse a lot on stage. Right. I want to, but I just, I never, like, when I think of a title, like, it's always like a real story. And this don't contain a whole lot of cuss words. But I'm going to start because I like cuss. <laughs> yeah. It's very expressive. Yeah. Especially if you can think of, like, creative curse words that nobody has ever said before. Right. That's why I like Bernie Mac. Cut away Bernie Mac cuss. It's just, like, a whole different language. And, like, you can't, like, can't no comedian, can't no another comedian say that and be like, they made that up. Nah. Yeah. You got that from Bernie Mac. Right. Exactly. You got all that from Bernie Mac. And that's the one thing I've been trying to not steal nobody's shit. Right. Like, I watch a lot of comedy shows. Yeah. And they should be funny. I be like, and then I get on stage and I think of it. I'm like, nah, I can't say it. Because you don't want to be like, hey, you took that from such right. and such. That's always been the fear of mine. Somebody standing well, up. See, and it's fucking impossible now with the memes on the internet. Yeah. And like, I even saw Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live doing bits that I know I had seen a meme on Facebook of before. And it's like, I'm not saying he took his joke off of Facebook. I'm just saying like, there's probably, it was a, it was something about COVID too. So it was like, a you know, a lot of people yeah. are probably going to have yeah. this thought. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I, and that's what fucked me up. I was like, damn man, it's such a, it's such a, thin line. Yeah, it's such a small thought. It's yeah. like, man, that shit's funny. You gotta go one step further. Yeah. You gotta take you take that first thought. You were like, "Ha, that would be funny," and then yeah. you're like, "But what's funnier?" Right. What's What's even funnier than that? And that's where you get your, you know, well, real shit. nuggets of gold. But shit, before before memes, shit. That's all we did was yell out Dave Chappelle catchphrases. Right. Shit. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Rich bitch, like some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck your couch. Right. So that's all we did. Like we said shit like that. Yeah. But the memes came around, man. That shit just ruined. Blew it. Yeah. Fucking man. Chappelle's show might have been my first exposure to like really good comedy. Yeah. Like really fucking good. And then I started watching his stand-up specials, and I was like, holy shit. And then I started watching other people like George Carlin and um, Louis C.K. and mm-hmm. uh, Jim Gaffigan is. Mm-hmm phenomenal and like I'm always impressed if you're a good like a really good clean comic like holy shit how are you doing that yep and like and that's what they had uh I know that's what they had uh Richard Pryor doing he when he came on like TV mm-hmm. he was doing clean yeah well TV clean. has been that way for a yeah. long time where all of TV if you were doing stand up on TV it had to be and he hated it. The Tonight Show. Yeah. Like, it had to be the most, like, lowest common denominator, just jokes that anybody and their dog will laugh at. Right. If you put a laugh track behind it. So. They, um, I found out recently that they started using laugh tracks on live shows and stuff, like, when they first started doing that, like, I don't know, like 60, 70 years ago or whatever, when they first started doing these shows, the live shows have an eight second delay in case somebody uses a curse word and they have to bleep it out. 
but that eight second delay, the same guy who uses the bleep button for the curse words has a laugh button for a fake laugh track. Hmm. So like somebody showed me this video last night of Jim Carrey going on a late night show and he was talking about how all the the whole late night comedy thing was a conspiracy and these people are just trying to brainwash you and they're just trying to like feed you what you know the keep you distracted keep you with distracted laughs, and like... all this and that and they were just putting laugh tracks in on it because they had but to. the audience they members who had actually point. been there were like quoted as saying that there no there was silence people were like freaked out because he was dead ass right. like people thought what he was saying was funny when we watched no, the, it the people who were doing the censorship they were make, putting yeah. laugh noises behind it because they wanted everybody else to think that it was a joke right. when he was dead serious like I know they had started uh, they wanted I know they wanted and I, I know I'm, I'm mentioning them a lot but I know when they did uh, you know, Richard Pryor was coming up and they wanted him on Saturday Night Live they were scared of what he might say, right? Because it's live, right? So they, they when he he was the first person when he went on that show, that they they had the five to eight second delay mm-hmm. because you never yeah. know what the hell he gonna say, right? So that's what he did like that. He did a bit with uh, that bit with Chevy Chase when they were mm-hmm. doing the words back and forth, mm-hmm. and Chevy called him the N word on Saturday Night Live. But I mean, it was they like you can't. Of course, you couldn't do it now, right? But I mean, then like Richard didn't look at it as like bad. Yeah. It was like you stuff. You like you going over that, that threshold, right? Yeah, you yeah. going over that line? All right, yeah. we got we got yeah. you. All so right, going back and forth. I mean, comedy is all about pushing boundaries, but like yeah. I think some boundaries have already been pushed and tested, and I don't need to. T- no, mm-hmm. <laughs> like some of them, especially not today because. Like then, I mean, I think we're pretty clear on where that boundary is at this point. Like, yeah, people didn't have like social media, then you couldn't like say something. Then somebody just posted. Now the whole world see it. Yeah. So, I, I wish I'd have did comedy back then. Like when you had to go like buy a record or go to a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, and on that same note, though, it makes it easier to do it now to have the internet. Like you can post your sets on the internet and people will watch it and it could yeah, go viral yeah, yeah. and it could just like everybody in the world instantly knows who you are yeah. whether it's for something good you said or something bad you said yeah. you're viral <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like viral. there's your publicity yeah, yeah. free publicity no such thing as bad um there's this dude shane gillis who got canceled off of um snl he got a job on snl for four days and then got canceled and kicked off of SNL and now he's like selling out arenas all over the or not arenas but like theaters all over the country he was on Joe Rogan's podcast he's on all this big shit like just because like and probably mostly because he got quote canceled mm-hmm. it really like skyrocketed that, his career yeah, it do mm-hmm. and it's like it was a dude named uh, something for people in the cancel culture to think about next time you're canceling somebody right. are you really doing what you yeah. think you're doing are you or are really you just giving them the attention or? that you don't want them to have that's why you can't that's why they can't cancel uh, Lil Nas X oh yeah they can't because well like, no I don't think anybody's trying to cancel Lil Nas oh, people, X oh, I think 
trying to cancel. Oh, yeah. They're trying to cancel. Yeah, but they can't. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because the other crowd. Right. And that crowd going to win every time. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, ain't no point fighting that crowd no more. Because they're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. You're going to lose for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, there's... I mean... I like Lil Nas X. Same. I think that motherfucker is dope. I like anybody who pisses off Christians like that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what he do. And he don't even... Yeah. I'm not going to say like he have like, like bad music, but like his persona just on the internet, like every day, like you wake up and you see this dude yeah. Like holding a baby. Like he like like he's pregnant. It's like Yeah. People love it. I it's definitely interesting. It it is. Mm-hmm. It's like wild and crazy shit. Like I yeah, it's like killing a bug and then you got a movie foot to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't like, want to see it. But oh you, god, what is he doing this time? Oh, yeah. sucking the devil's penis. Yeah. Alright. That's Whew. Yeah. Sheesh. Um. But I mean, he's winning doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting yeah. it. Oh yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, it's that same thing we were just talking about. Yeah. Like, any publicity is good publicity for yeah. somebody like that, especially if you are fucking talented, like he is. Yeah. Like, if you're talented and you can get eyeballs, like that's the combo right there. You just gotta get, you know, you gotta oh, be good at yeah. something, and then you gotta get people to see it, yeah. which is what the internet is about so you know back to the original point I think I'm I don't know I like living in a time where doing this is possible yeah. like even the podcast that we're on right now like yeah. it's you know there's not a whole ton of people that listen to it yet but like at some point it could be yeah shit tons of people and they you know come back and listen to this I've sort of been treating it more like a um I don't know, like an autobiography of some kind. Anyway, been doing these solo episodes where, uh, like, I'll go back into like stories about my past and my life and shit. So, hmm. I think that's why I try to have like, like, new jokes every time I go on stage because like, I want people to like watch this video. Then, like, well, he this one. Well, let's watch another video and mm-hmm. be completely different. Yeah, you know, which is uh, tough. Yeah, it's, oh my god! Do shit all the time. Oh my! People don't realize how tough that is in a week. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's all Not you got. That, yeah. That's all you got. One week. One week. One week like, to come back. One week, and you know, I guess tops like three different mics that you could try it at. Yeah. And like, that's the thing is like, you gotta like sharpen these jokes down sometimes too, and doing them over and over again is the one of the only ways to do that. So like, and I hate it. That's what. Austin was so and I did that I what you're talking about like go up sta- go on stage with something different every time when I was in Austin I was doing like two or three mics a day oh I see I see how <laughs> <laughs> I probably forgot to mute my shit too but um well uh, yeah I was doing like two or three mics a day and like you would see people going up and every single mic they're telling the same jokes in the same order trying to work on the same shit mm-hmm. to basically the minutes. same crowd because like a lot of it you know most of the people that show up to an open mic are there to perform at the open mic right so it's like you're seeing you know it's like the same crowd just migrating from mic to mic and um 
I tried while I was there. I was like, I'm just going to do a different set. Like, I've got a whole backlog of material that nobody in Austin has ever seen. Right. So I'm just going to go through my material little bits at a time because it's like three to four minute sets usually in Austin because that's how many comedians they have. They have to limit the set times. Um, and then, uh, like, I still ended up falling back on like tried and true jokes that I know I had told in front of at least some of these people before, but like, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to do this joke again because hmm. I know that joke can kill and I'm getting nervous and I don't remember what I was going to say next. So right. I'm just going right. to go back to old reliable. Right. And that's what, I mean, shit, I think that's what helps a lot. Yeah. It. I mean, you try and like new shit every, every time, man, that shit, that shit overwhelming. Yeah. Because you, like, don't have a lot of time to practice mm -hmm. in a week. Yeah. You know, not new shit. I mean, yeah. if you if, if that's all you're doing is comedy, then yeah, but, I mean, if you want to work and... Right. Yeah. Yeah, fucking work kills me, dog. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, I can't wait to just be doing this shit and nothing else. And just be full-time comedy have the time during the day to just be writing shit out or like working on stuff or like doing podcasts or whatever Something using my that. time for myself right. instead of like all of my time being dedicated now to the job and to comedy it's, and I know that is like still you know it's still technically dedicating it to myself but it's man I, that'd be so I feel way better if I can get just pay off what oh yeah come up my mouth Right. What I do. Yeah. I would love that so much better than touching a tool or yeah. putting on some bullshit. See, and like, I do electrical work and construction. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's pretty satisfying work. Like, I get to work with my hands. I get to make something and I get to, you know, turn on the lights at the end of it and see my, you know, everything I've been working at come together and come to life, basically. But, like,. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm, you know, not paid nearly as much as I should be, which is not, like, even necessarily my boss's fault. It's just the fault of the fact that every company does that. So every other company has to do that to be able to compete with the prices. And then if one, like, you can't be the one company that just started paying your employees more and charging more for the work. Right. Because, like... Nobody around here, no construction builder, gives two fucks about the quality of work. They just want whoever's the cheapest. Right. Yeah. That's it. Whoever's the cheapest and can get it done the fastest, basically. That's Those are the two main qualities that people look for in construction. But, um... Uh, <clears throat> if I can get... If I could just get half of what I made. Right. And just do company with that. Yup. I'd be happy. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. I've been trying to like I was planning to do a show in uh, California on the 29th but oh was, shit but on, no of August okay but I had got COVID I yeah go. oh shit like I had got I was gonna leave that Friday and I had got COVID that Sunday god that damn Sunday before, and I was hurt oh I was hurt both ways like yeah physically and mentally I was about to say how was that shit fucking uh, rough or oh the roughest be Roughest shit I've been through in my life. Really? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, like, 
COVID is no joke. Yeah. Like, like, whatever the list of symptoms was, like I had the whole all of them. shit. All of yeah. them. Yeah. And whoop your ass at one time. God damn. And then me not being able to work or do comedy. I couldn't even, like, write. Right. Yeah. Like, I had no energy. Probably brain frying yeah. your skull mm-hmm. from a fever. Like, yeah. That may or may not be one of the best times to write. <laughs> it's right. when you, like, fever dream, like, right. I was coming up with some crazy shit. Yeah, I could do nothing. But I, I don't wish that on nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, we had it, like, right before it was a thing, and that's when we knew, like, it's oh, It's like that's January of had. 2020. We yep. were sick as fuck. Two weeks. Yeah. The whole two weeks, we literally just moved from the bed to the couch. That was it. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. the only movement we made, and maybe to get up and go pee and shit. Like that's it. Yeah. What's crazy? We, when we was uh we was in California that February, and we got back on the twenty third of February, and when we landed in Atlanta, we were looking at screens, and it was like coronavirus has landed in. United States. Oh, I mean, yeah, I've been here, but yeah, I mean, right, yeah. It, it was just like announcement. They was like, "Well, it's real bad," and they was like naming the the high points where it was. And number one was Atlanta, and I was in Atlanta. I was like, "Oh uh, shit, I gotta well, get some Yeah. Yeah. That next day, I saw everybody with masks on and shit. I was like, "Well, everybody's gonna die now." Yeah. That's like when we were going um, a couple weeks ago to Austin was like looking at the like COVID stuff and like the two biggest like highest rate of cases per capita was Augusta and Austin and I was like well I guess it's six to one or half a dozen of another like fucking the same I so figured might as well just Get go tested. anyway yeah get yeah. tested get make tested sure, which like, we did negative. be responsible <laughs> I get no shot though. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm. I'm too fucking scared of that shit right now. Yeah. Uh uh-uh, uh. They don't even know like how many times this shit gonna mutate. Like, if you got a bunch of scientists saying a bunch of different shit. I'm alright. Nah, bro. Mm, not yet. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll I wait. I know they got one. They got one now. FDA approved. Ooh, okay. It's FDA approved under emergency protocols yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. Shit. I, I don't know, man. It's just like such a recent thing. I don't know. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and they're pushing it so hard. Yeah. If like you get like, we'll give you a house if you go get vaccinated. That's like pretty fuck? fucking they, much. Like the giveaway, like cheeseburgers and candy, and it's like you gonna give away a, like a carton of cigarettes with a vaccine next? Right. Like they gonna give away weed? They're like. This, you know, virus is out there killing people. You know what else is killing people? Heart disease. Yeah. <laughs> From all those burgers. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, like, one of the top things is, like, if you're overweight, you're going to be on a ventilator. Yeah. Like, you're going to be on a ventilator. You're going to feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Laying in the hospital dying from nothing. No, I'd rather die from something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a cheeseburger. Let me get my arteries clogged up. Right Look, see, that, that's... <laughs> The other thing too is like talking shit about the vaccine. That shit will get you canceled now mm-hmm. too. Yep. Right. 
can't talk like, shit about it either. Can't even share nothing. Like can't I keep share sharing nothing. something. I'm like, no, bro. Like I just, just fucking shared this shit. Like yesterday, I was going to like have some 911 jokes, but I made one, and I didn't want to go too far with it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some like, and I just recently uh, saw the first episode or two episodes maybe of the National Geographic documentary about 9-11 where they talk to all the like the survivors and they've got that footage of the day of shit was intense man oh, yeah. it's horrifying what happened mm-hmm. and you watch it now after like you know you were fucking 20 years ago bro 20 yeah. years ago 20 how old were you like dude i was in elementary school fuck yeah, yeah i was watching it. i thought it was a movie we wasn't clad. Yeah, we didn't it, know. It just popped, it just popped didn't up on yeah. Saw them airplanes going to the building. I was like, it's yeah. a good movie, man. It's some good graphics. Yeah. yeah. You like that? No, it's a movie. But, I mean, it, it was one of those. It ooh. wasn't a movie, but it was special effects. Right. And then it was crazy <laughs> that, like, two months later, I had turned 12, and that was the uh, the oldest you can fly. On a plane by yourself at 12 years old. And yeah. I flew to yeah, my, I remember that. I flew to Montana. Yeah. I, I was living there for a little while. And I had on these shoes and it had metal on the bottom. And they wasn't asking for shoes then. They were just like, walk through the metal detector. Right. And every time I walked through, my shoes would go off. But I didn't know it was metal in the shoe. And I was like, damn near naked. Yeah. Walk through the metal detector. And they was like, well, give me your shoes. And I had... Gave them the shoe. They kept going back and forth with it. They were like, well, it's in your shoes. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't feel let me take my shoes on the flight with me. Oh, shit. Because they had metal in them? Yeah. yeah. I guess. Um, there was one time, I was also super young, like maybe 12 or 13 years old, flying up to my grandparents' house. And um, also post-9-11. And they had x-rayed my bag. And decided to pull my bag off to the side because they saw something suspicious in it. And they pulled me off to the side while they were searching my bag. And, like, my mom was standing right behind me. And they're like, we just need to check something. And they start going through my bag. And they thought, you know how uh, Bionicles used to come in them tubes? Mm -hmm. I had the Bionicle in the tube in my bag. And they thought that shit was like a pipe bomb or something. (laughs) It was a Bionicle. And they, they went wild at the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why when I left and went to Japan, I had uh, brought my flashlight with me. And no, I'm not talking about my ex-wife. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. But I was like, I am putting this shit in my carry-on. And it's going to go at the very top of the carry-on. So that when they do see it as a suspicious item, it's not in my checked luggage where they're going to pull it to the side and get my entire check bag lost. Mm -hmm. And I can just open it up and just explain what the fuck it is the second they ask about it. And uh, got from the U.S. to Japan with no issues with it. But on the way back from Japan to the U.S., when I was coming back into the United States, going through uh, customs or whatever... They pulled it to the side, and I was like, here we go. Mm. Guy starts opening up the bag, 
and there it is at the top. It's like, you know, it's fucking, it's a decent size canister. Um, so you pick it up and he's like, doesn't really know what it is. <laughs> Unscrews the top, sees a silicone <laughs> vagina in there, closes it back up, puts it back in the bag. Zips everything back up and just pushes the bag back <laughs> towards me. I was like, yeah, I yep, thanks, shit. bro. <laughs> yep. I just walked right past and picked it up and never made eye contact with nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was like, you know exactly what. And that, like, honestly, I think might be one of my first, like, comedian moments <laughs> where I decided to stop giving a fuck what people thought about me. Stop, like, being embarrassed of this shit and just owning the fact that I have a fucking fleshlight in my carry-on. Hmm. Like. Yeah, fuck it. Look, I'm gonna get bored on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Whip that real quick. Ugh. The fucking cleanup process of that thing just makes Ugh. it a nightmare to use. Yeah. Fuck that. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. You know, put your arm all the way through it and wear it like a Ben 10 wristband. Oh, <laughs> That's crazy. So, uh, what kind of crystal you got there? You do you yeah. fucks with you fucks with crystals? Yeah. Fucks with rocks, man. <laughs> yeah, it's quartz crystal. Hell yeah. Yeah. Is it for like? What, what is that? What is that one? Well, suppose it brings you good luck and good fortune. I ain't got shit yet. I probably didn't charge it up enough. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Leave it in some sunlight or moonlight, yeah. actually. Moonlight and a potted plant. Like Man, a potted that. Put it on plant. one of them Samsung contactless chargers. That'd be quick as <laughs> shit. Like two hours. Done. I'll leave this shit in the window. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's overcharged. But yeah, I'm trying to get into the whole crystal thing. I don't like... Metaphysical, like, yeah. realm. Yeah, especially doing this comedy thing. Get yeah. It. Keep my mind calm. Big time. Yeah. You gotta, that's definitely gotta keep, keep calm, whatever, whatever rocks work for that. Right. I think crack is probably the most common one. Probably <laughs> That's what a lot of comedians did back in the day. Mm -hmm. When they hit that line and go out there and sell out a show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then like, Nowadays, it's still kind of like that though. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's there's a lot of comedians out there. out there that are like sobering up, especially like the mm -hmm. really successful ones are mm -hmm. almost all like just like completely sober now. Like, uh, another podcast I listen to is Whiskey Ginger with Andrew Santino. Mm -hmm. He's this redheaded dude. I don't know, he's hilarious. He's on Dave if you've ever seen that. But, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, um, his, like, whole podcast, he named it Whiskey Ginger, because he likes whiskey, and he's the ginger, and then, um, pretty much everybody that he has on there is like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't drink anymore, so, like, the whiskey part of it is basically not, almost non-existent now. There's, like, one and maybe, like, five or six guests that is an actual, like, drinker. Drinker, yeah. Hmm. That's why I, that's why I don't. I don't consider like nobody now to be like like a real big like comedian. Like there's there's not like a not like Kevin a, Hart. I mean he's like the only one. 
Dave Chappelle's still doing it. But he's been doing it for like a, not not like Dave So Chappelle. you mean like new guys? Yeah. Like you don't know any um like new And they're new they're they're doing like like the small circuit. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, COVID killed a lot of yeah, it. COVID killed a lot of it. Killed a lot of shit. Um, but, like, Andrew Santino, I would say, is a definite, like, he's a newer, younger comic, and he's doing really well. He's got a tour going right now, and all that shit, and he's on TV, and he's got this podcast. Tim Dillon, the guy I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. he is doing fucking awesome for himself and I think he might even still be in his 20s too um but yeah like fucking you watch Bo Burnham you ever Mm-mm. fucks with Bo Burnham at all oh my god um I don't know if it is like I don't know if it's true what Marcus said Marcus posted a thing on Facebook he said he's too black to watch Bo Burnham so I don't know if that's a thing oh, maybe I'm I can't tell, but hmm. I think the shit's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Um, and he is like basically my same age almost. And hmm. then, um, he got huge when he was like 16 off of YouTube and then he does musical comedy for the most part. He does mostly all his own shit. Oh, it's all his own shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've thought about doing like song parodies and stuff, but that's about as far as <laughs> that'd be funny. Yeah, I didn't know. I just gotta. I can't. I just know it's only so far you go elevating the gusto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Why do you I, think I went to Austin? I've been trying like, to get to California. I've been trying to get to California bad. California's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, other than I don't know, you probably have a rough time now without getting a shot yeah and oh yeah oh big time you probably like have to go to austin at this point if you're not getting it yeah. um just because like i don't know did you take ivermectin mm. <laughs> no <laughs> i'm fucking i don't know i think the horse dewormer jokes are hilarious even though like if I got the shit, I don't know. It seems like the shit works. People take it and get better, so, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's used for one thing. Like, shit, man. Ketamine's horse tranquilizer, and people take that shit and cure depression. Like, yep. fuck you. Drugs do different things. Yeah. <laughs> Drugs do multiple things. Oh, my gosh. I saw this dude, when I had to go to a DUI class, and he was explaining how the effects of marijuana have on your body. I like, none of that shit you said had no effect on me. <laughs> what were some of the side it was, effects? It was just, uh, like, drive out of control. What? Uh, yeah. And I was like, that. I'd be focused like a motherfucker. I'd be, yeah, high oh, I'd be slow as shit, yeah. though. Like, driving like a grandma. Yeah. But... Like, no alcohol, yeah, you'd be swerving. Mm-hmm. I've never heard nobody speeding Yeah. high. No. Never. Yeah. No. Never. Maybe falling asleep. Maybe dozing yeah, off. Yeah, if you're yeah, already yeah. tired and then you get high, like, that's not a good combo no. for driving, for sure. No. Or, like, an edible that you're not sure how strong it is. No. Fuck that. <laughs> no. Don't do that. Uh, but, like, just smoking and then 
Man, I, I love it. They even did a study when they first legalized pot in like Washington, Seattle, or whatever. Yeah, like Washington. Um, but uh, they did a study of like they did they set up a driver's course and they got people. There's a group of heavy smokers, like weed smokers, and people who did it occasionally, and then people who had never smoked at all, and they tried their damnedest to get these people to fail this driver's course getting them as high as they fucking could and they could not figure out what to make the legal limit of like weed intoxication for driving because just they couldn't get people to fuck up the course right like maybe that's like a swan Mm -hmm. yeah you're driving all smooth i drive so much better unless it's you know part of them combos yeah yeah you're tired of some shit like that that you Mm -hmm. smoke I've heard uh, people tell stories of like driving while they're on acid, and I'm like, oh, I'm like bro, what? The what? Fuck? How do? How are you? How are you alive? Like, how are you alive right now? Hopefully, like I'm drunk. No, fuck that. No, not I'd worth be, it. I'd be scared as hell driving drunk. Yeah, God, I'd be scared somebody hit me, and they're not drunk, and I'm drunk. Yep. And then now I'm going to jail for you hitting me. Yeah, like my fault. <laughs> so. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, that fucking A, man. Like, I see a lot of people all the time, like, drunk driving. And they're, you know, there was actually, it was one of the most common, I would say, premise, joke premises while I was in Austin. Was people talking about driving drunk. sport. Like it's, yeah, like it's a sport. And then on top of that, like, Texas has all these fucking billboards and public service announcements about, like, you know, don't drive drug, don't hit school kids, and, like, they literally, as soon as you get into the state, on the major highway, there's a big billboard, like, you know that one around here that tells you how many, uh, traffic fatalities there have mm-hmm. been? It's like that, except the signal on it was, back to school starting, watch for school buses. This is on the highway. Like, <laughs> the major highway. I'm like, are school buses stopping? On the overpass and dropping kids off in the middle of the highway or something? They like, they got to be. Mm hmm. Ugh. 9 11. <laughs> 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 I, can't, I can't feel bad. I feel bad for the people who actually died. Yeah. On 9 11. Now, the whole purpose of it, no. Because, like, you can't hit a, you can't hit a building. And it falls straight down. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's, it's science. <laughs> there was a, um, there was like a whole episode that got cut from um, one of the new 9-11 documentaries. I know there's like three or four of them out now, but Spike Lee was doing one. Mm-hmm. And he put a whole episode in there where he interviewed this, um, there's a group of architects that it's that like, were like assigned to it, right? Well, they, it was an organization that they had started on their own, I believe. Nobody, like, assigned them to it. But they started this organization of architects to investigate the, what happened on 9-11. And all of these architects, people who design and figure out how to tear down buildings, are like, this looked like a demolition. Mm-hmm. And, like, they took that entire episode out of the fucking documentary and said you can't have it you can't put publish that and it's like why, why? yeah did. why why 
I bet. Who cares? It was the third. I know the third building feel like a few blocks from building seven. It might have been that. I think it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. building seven. Yeah, it just fell. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. nothing around it. No, just yeah. Yeah, for them to like fall straight And down. then the Pentagon had a plane yeah. crash into it, even right. though there was no plane left. Right. Like, no plane parts. Nothing. No luggage. Not even a wheel. Nothing. Yeah. So that's why when they when they put all that out there, I was like, oh, no, fuck this shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, first time I ever thought about, like, so, like, I seen 9-11 when I was a little kid like I saw what happened and then I just didn't even give it a second thought because I was 8 years old um I mean you know everybody talked about it all the time and started this war and everything but I didn't really like process or think about like questioning the narrative or the story and then somebody showed me Zeitgeist you ever seen that shit? it's an old ass movie from I mean it was post 9-11, so I guess it was probably around like 2005, 2008 maybe. Uh, but it's a three-part, like, it's the original, like, crazy conspiracy theory video. Like, they're, you know all those YouTube videos that tell you the conspiracy theories and they've got this ominous music in the background and they'll flash a bunch of pictures with a bunch of weird imagery and symbology and stuff like that and then... Um, well, Zeitgeist was, like, kind of the original format for that shit. And they had split the movie up into three segments. First segment was about 9-11 and, like, the questions and, like, facts that we don't know about and other stuff that was going on. The middle segment was about religion and, like, how, where religion and Christianity comes from and all the correlations between other religions And then the third part of it was about the Federal Reserve and how money is literally created out of nothing and is instantly charged with debt. So, like, every time the government adds a new dollar into the currency system, they owe ten cents, a dollar and ten cents to the Federal Reserve. So every dollar comes with ten cents of debt. Right. And they make trillions and trillions of dollars, like, every day through the Federal Reserve, and it's just a constant, like, treadmill of debt and nonsense that... Shit, that's why we all in debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because the entire system is based on it. Like, right. It's literally created just to keep you in debt, keep you working, because you got to work to pay off that debt. Right. Literally, and... Like, that's kind of the main takeaway from the Federal Reserve segment of that movie. It's like... You're literally being put into indentured servitude to whatever, you know, you're told you need all this stuff. You need a car, you need a house, you need this, you need that. And in order to get those things, you're going to have to have a little bit of debt. Right. And in order to pay that debt off, you're going to need to go to work. Right. You're going to need to contribute to the system like that. And yeah, you're going to make so much because then taxes whoop your ass and mm-hmm. now you got to pay back big tax money. Yeah. There was a um, a builder one time that he always wanted me to come in on weekends because he wanted his jobs done faster because that's what they care about is, you know, getting the job done faster. And he was like, I need to, you need to get, 
you know, buy you a house or something, get some debt and motivate you to work on weekends. Literally said that to me. I was like, this motherfucker right here. And he's like, you know, his whole job is just scheduling people to show up at a house. Like he just schedules my company to show up at a place and then talks to the customers. So like, yeah, told you I didn't mute my shit either. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like, he doesn't have to work. He doesn't have to work with his hands. He doesn't have to do physical anything. He just, you know, coordinates. And he's not even that good at it. Like, that's always bugged me. It's like the... People say, like, work hard and make all this... You know, like, the people that are millionaires and stuff, they worked hard for it. They worked. They worked. Did you? Or did you trade stocks on a computer for, like, two days... And it didn't mean anything to you because you have a million dollars from your dad that you can just gamble until it makes more money. Whereas, like... Pretty much. You go in that bitch every day from 9 to 5. Yeah. some shit that you don't want to do. Right. That's work. You got to wake up at a certain time and you got to be up at a certain time. Yeah. That's harder than the damn job sometimes. Well, see, and that's, that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, you're... These other people are making millions and millions of dollars. Like, even, let's say, like a doctor. I know a doctor, like a surgeon or somebody, or an ER doctor, works way harder and is objectively, like, way more important than, you know, I would be as a stand-up comedian making money. But, like, are they really working, like, a million dollars harder than I am? No. I mean... (laughs) It's... There's such a huge gap. Yeah, it's it is. Like everything. Everything. Yeah. No, it shouldn't be like that. That's why people be killing each other now and robbing places mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. Just gotten worse since COVID too. Oh my gosh. COVID just be worse. But I like COVID when it first came around. <laughs> it's I mean, nice and chill. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah it's, it's so quiet. You just hang out in your house for a while. And... Yeah, it was so quiet and people was off the street. And... Well, when it first started, I wasn't even paying my rent anymore. It, it, they put a like hold yeah. on for or uh, on uh, what's it evictions. You couldn't evict anybody. Yeah, they just started back up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So like my roommate at the time, he was working under the table. So he didn't have any way to get unemployment when they stopped, like, working. So, like, he couldn't go to work anymore, but he was getting paid under the table, so he had no way of getting unemployment. And since he hadn't paid his taxes because he was working under the table, he didn't get any stimulus checks. So he wasn't able to pay his half of the rent. And I was like, well, fuck, man. If you can't pay your half, I ain't paying my half. Right. Like... Right, we both gonna be in this boat together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said they can't evict us right now. I'm holding them to it. <laughs> I feel you. I should have did that shit. I should have quit paying my goddamn rent. I don't know, man. It saddled me with, like, a lot of debt. And I had to file for bankruptcy to get rid of it. Hmm. But my credit was shit in the first place. So I was like, whatever. Hmm. At least they won't call me anymore and I don't ever have to pay them back. Right. It was like $10,000 worth of debt, and then the lawyer fee was like $1,000. So, I was like, I'd rather pay that. Right. So. Right. 
And the lawyer is like, you know, just pay me whenever. Right. So. That shit was actually kind of lit. Filing for bankruptcy, 10 out of 10. Would recommend. (laughs) (laughs) I've been so much less stressed out since filing for bankruptcy than beforehand. (laughs) Plus it gave me a new bit. Not really a bit, but just a tag. Like, just add on to pretty much anything. And that's it. And something I can tell homeless people when they ask me for change. Bro, I filed for bankruptcy. I don't... There's nothing. I got nothing. (laughs) Dude. I'm at the end of the road. Yeah. I'm going to be out here with you. Yeah. Ask you for some damn money. (laughs) Exactly. Right. I got a cigarette. You want a cigarette? (laughs) Shit, anybody got a lighter? Yeah. Mm. Well, shit, man. We got like an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only ever talked in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you got anything you want to plug? Any, like, your fucking Instagram or your uh, just, socials? What else? Just follow me on EJ, EJ Mac on Instagram and Facebook. Hell yeah. And YouTube. Fuck yeah. You putting out... Oh, yeah, that's right. You put out your stand-up and shit on YouTube, yeah. too. So, yeah. If anybody wants to know exactly what I'm talking about with yeah. this shit, like, go to YouTube. Shit's yeah. fucking funny as hell. Like I said, you're one of my favorite new comics. Ah. Sorry. Mm. Um, yeah. Deep. Yeah, but if it was really that secret, you wouldn't have heard about it.